Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Everybody, welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado, and uh, you made it. You are here. I'm not sure what it took for you to get here. I don't even know if you have a prepared vehicle go bag. I don't know if you have the proper attire for survival. I don't know if you have an EDC kit. I don't know if you know how to survive a tsunami. If you have food supplies, you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Seriously, this hour, we've got Clint Emerson with us, an ex-Navy SEAL officer, and uh, he's written a book called 100 Deadly Skills, Survival Edition. It's a SEAL operative's guide to surviving in the wild and being prepared for any disaster. Yeah, so everybody's perked up there. Stop hyperventilating. We're going to do our practice first. And we're going to get you all skilled up this hour. So, But let's get here first. What we do at the top of every program is cultivate our practice. Today we're going to cultivate some very practical skills. But before we do that, let's get totally present. And this is a skill I would imagine that Clint will reinforce later that will be a really important skill when we are faced with danger. So that includes getting in your body. Right, being as present as possible, and one of the ways I would invite you to do that right now is just finding your breath and noticing the quality of your breath, noticing where it is in your body. By bringing your attention there, you can start to deepen your breath, which actually we know regulates your nervous system. So when you take control of the way you breathe, breathing slowly in through your nose, Feeling the cool air, moving in through your nostrils, and then your breath coming out of your mouth. You start to just calm your nervous system. Nothing to do about it except notice the way you're arriving in your body. Bookmarking this skill for a little bit later this hour when we are faced with dangerous or potentially dangerous situations. The next thing I would invite you to do is find your gratitude list, which may or may not come in useful when you are faced with disaster, but sometimes when we count our blessings, it certainly makes us feel better in the moment. And this is no joke for sure. So many of us have uh, many concerns that we're dealing with these days. Um, yeah, I'm sure your list is long, and you're probably trying not to think about all of the things that demand your attention. But in doing so, one of the ways that it helps us navigate, feel more spacious in our lives, feel more related and open-hearted, is to be grateful without it being a cliche. Really, going down your list of 
folks who make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now, or any one person doing any one thing, your ability to read, who taught you to read, the food that's in your body, the clothes that are on your back, who helped educate you. Just pick any one area of your life and start there, climbing through that portal, going down the list who makes it possible for you to do what you're doing while we're on our quick list here, which is very potent and starting with our honorary sponsor, the OneWorldChildrensFund.org. If you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. At the national level, we are sponsored by the National Action Organization, committed to changing the way our culture values each other. And at the local level, we've got the Open Secret Bookstore. We've got the latest in meditation and revelation here in Northern California. Check them out online for more information. All right, everybody, you're breathing in and out. You're as grateful as you're going to be in this moment, noticing if your perspective has shifted any. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today and what we're going to be talking about. Clint Emerson, he's a retired Navy SEAL. He spent 20 years conducting special ops all over the world while attached to the SEAL Team 3, the National Security Agency, and the Elite SEAL Team 6. He's a graduate of the American Military University in Virginia. He's got a bachelor's in security management, and he spent a portion of his time in the special ops community with the Special Mission Unit, SMU, they call it, developing and implementing um, specialized skills in support of operations in various hostile environments, targeting high-value individuals. Uh, a counterterrorism and surveillance expert, Clint has received numerous awards for bravery and leadership, including the Bronze Star. Clint is the founder of Escape the Wolf, a company focused on workplace violence prevention and response, threat identification, and crisis management. He lives in Texas with his family, who must feel very safe <laughs> with him as their parents and spouse. So <laughs> here's the question he wants to ask. Do you know what to do in an active shooter situation or how to apply trauma medicine after a catastrophic event? What's the most important thing to do if you're stuck, for example, on a desert island or being boarded by pirates? <laughs> Retired Navy SEAL Clint Emerson is here with us today. He spent 20 years in operations around the globe, and now he's created the essential survival guide that we're going to talk about this hour to help us understand how to combat the real threats of today's complex world. We're so glad to have you here, Clint. We, we need you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Marianne. Thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome to the program. Look, is it scarier now in the world than it's been, let's say, in the last 50 years, or is that just something that we uh, perceive because of all the media and Internet access we have? I'm always curious about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, I think the media does a good job highlighting a lot of negative things going on. Um, I think we see it every day, um, things that, you know, the American public may never have heard of before if, if information wasn't so easily, you know, broadcasted. But, um, I mean, I think every day uh, when you talk about our military and government and the decisions they have to make, I think, I mean, every day I was in, you'd hear about things uh, that were potentially catastrophic, and the next day you didn't hear about it again. So, you know, it's the idea of are there a bunch of threats out there? Sure. You know, that's, they've always been there. They've always existed. You know, we've got a lot of focus on North Korea, and last year it was all about Iran, and now you don't hear about Iran, you hear all about North Korea. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's that whole, you know, that's a that's a genetic line, you know, that, 
has been making these threats for decades, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the military's been rehearsing against it. So, yeah, I mean the answer is we there are always threats out there, and some of them get highlighted in the news, some of them don't. So right now it probably seems like there's a lot going on, but it's really the it's usually the same threats, all, you know, that just pop up uh, from time to time, and you know you just deal with it as they come. Right. Yeah, I was watching Game of Thrones last night, and frankly, that was terrifying, okay? You know, everybody, everybody was trying to kill you. At least you knew it then, right? You walked out the front door, like, totally prepared that, you know, that day might be the end of your life, and you didn't live past 30. Well, most of us have this illusion, or we feel entitled to being safe in the world, okay? Right? That there's... There's a big difference from from the medieval times till now. We have some perceived uh, sense of security. So I'm assuming that you know that that in mind, depending on what kind of a person you are, some of it's true and some of it's not. Like you said, there's always some kind of threat. We might not be aware of it, but then there's all different levels of threats, which your book really does a great job um, addressing. Tell me a little bit about why you wrote this book and um, how you sort of split it up for us, because there's all kinds of different potential disasters. Yeah, sure. The, so they, they kind of go hand. So the, there's there's the first book, 100 Deadly Skills, and it kind of focuses on the predator's mindset, which basically exposes a bunch of skills that bad guys do mm-hmm. to us, and then obviously reverse engineer that now if you know what a bad guy is capable of then you've just taken that capability away from them right now you know what to look for you know how they operate and therefore you uh gives you the upper hand if you will right um the second book the survival edition really focuses on um the array of different environments that you can find yourself in a bad situation whether it's a camping trip gone bad that we hear about you know every summer you hear about people that, uh, you know, go on a trip to the outdoors and something happens. Right. Um, it's not it's not things that they, they're not looking for trouble. It just comes their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have that environmental, natural disaster piece uh, that could happen at any given time, no matter where you're at. And I think people take that for granted all the time. You know, it's uh, just, you know, you being in California, earthquake is always on the top of people's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Texas, it's, you know, tornadoes and, and, believe it or not, hail the size of, like, softballs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, the environmental piece is in there, and it, it's updated, right? We hear about the things you're supposed to do, but nobody really gets into the details or has updated right. some of the best practices. And so that's one piece of it. And then you've got man-made, man-made events. Obviously, they're spread out through the book. You know, you know, it's 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 horrible irony. But you know, I put the book together and had stadium, you know, attacks. I put theater attacks. I put uh, how to deal with those types of scenarios. And then, sure enough, when the book came out, we had the the stadium attack overseas. Then you had some other things. So the book was trying to get ahead of the bad guys, you know, potential thought processes, but it ended up just coming out parallel. You know, the book came out with, hey, this is what you do if you find yourself in a stadium, for example, and then all of a sudden there were stadium attacks. Um, but I try to cover man-made natural disaster and medical events with a more, with a real easy, uh, digestible way to get the information out there with illustrations and obviously narrative and 
hopefully, if people have it with them or if they read it once or twice, they'll at least have a better knowledge and be more prepared uh, for what to do in these unique situations. Yeah, that's great. And he really did such a thorough job, uh, in my opinion. When I was going through the book, I have to say, I run a little paranoid anyway, but (laughs) when I was reading through the book, I was pacing around the house. I've got I've got tsunami charts up on my computer. I'm like, I was kind of a mess. I have to be honest. I felt like yeah, that's good though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly is the learning curve. Like most of us don't yeah. want to look, right, Clint? We just want to go. Oh yeah, that'll never happen to me. Or what am I going to do? Or blah blah blah. Versus, how about just do a little bit a little bit of homework here. Uh, and, and I'm going to ask Clint to, to share with us what he thinks the most essential survival skills are, and then we can kind of pare down from there. But before we get to that, I have to say that um, in the beginning of the book, I really love the, the piece on becoming crisis-proof. And you've got this illustration of these two people and what they're wearing, and I'm thinking to myself, <clears throat> yeah, this is the new the new fashion plate here because most of us we don't give a crap now what designer stuff or maybe designers ought to get on this train but i was like god that's cool you know i got a razor blade in the lower part of my pants i've got you know closed-toed shoes in case i need to kick someone's you know skull in or whatever i was just like this is so 007 but but I'm not, I'm not, you know, as funny as it is, I actually thought to myself, you know, we never know. You hear some stuff on the news every single day now about how somebody's flying out of somewhere trying to hurt somebody, break in or whatever. But, but tell me how you decided these, uh, this outfit and this gear, and uh, is this for the average person going out into the world, what they should be wearing, or I didn't get that. Yeah, a little bit is... <clears throat> After operating around the globe for 20 years, in the last half of it, in a very special capacity where I wasn't wearing camouflage and body armor and night vision goggles, I was, you know, dressed like a normal person uh, working around the globe. And, you know, so sometimes it was business casual or whatever. But one thing I learned, and, you know, when you travel the world and you watch how other people are traveling, um, how to lower your signature is all about being the pe- being just like the people that you never notice, right? We always notice the good-looking people, the ones that are in shape, or maybe they're wearing something outlandish. But those are the things, if you're sitting in an airport terminal, we notice. Right. The goal is to be the other hundreds of people that are walking by that you don't notice. Right. And there's reasons for that, right? It's, well, I call it being the gray guy or the gray gal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's subduing your projection, how you project to people, your demeanor, um, how you act, and then, you know, managing that in a manner that you can still look, you know, how you you can still obviously look presentable to the people that matter, but you need to look, you know, good to all the strangers out there that are, we all look at each other and make judgments, and, you know, it's ego that tends to dress us every morning. So the biggest takeaway is, if you want to limit yourself being targeted, then you got to be the person that walks right on by that the bad guy never pays attention to. So it all goes back to the dress, you know, so how you dress and how you project yourself. So, And then taking in the security and safety aspects and blending it all together. So what you get is those illustrations of a woman with 
it's neutral clothing. Um, she doesn't have a ponytail because a ponytail can be a handle. And if you kind of follow like MMA or the fighting world, you can control the head. Your goal is either to control the head or control the, the hips if you want to, if you want to control somebody. And so putting a ponytail, for example, it, right off the bat, you're giving the bad guy a handle to control the head and the head is connected to the spine, therefore it control the body. Mm-hmm. So get rid of that. And then you work your way down. It's like, all right, you don't have any big necklaces on or the ID, you know, lanyard that a lot of people wear to get in and out of their buildings each day. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all that because those are more handles that are wrapped around your neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the clothing itself, you know, uh, not everyone wants to wear a pantsuit, but, you know, we all know that skirts and these types of things just makes it easier for a predator, and the whole goal is to always make it more difficult for them, not easier. Mm-hmm. Um, closed-toed shoes, yep, just like you said, you can kick somebody in the head, but the biggest thing is shoes end up being, like, the most important thing that you can have in, like, a natural disaster, for example, any big crisis, because you've got to be mobile, and if your feet aren't protected, then you're not going to get anywhere fast. Yeah. And so, and not to mention, if you're wearing flip-flops or sandals or high heels, you know, those really are, those aren't doing much for you. So, you know, there, there's plenty of options out there um, as far as the clothing. Still look good, but be gray and not get targeted. And then, of course, you have to think, well, Element of surprise always exists no matter what you do. You can be the most proactive person on the planet. There's always still the, yeah. the opportunity for something to surprise you or be ambushed or whatever. And so that's when you kind of load your day. Like I always tell people, especially women, with your shoes, you can throw in a razor blade in one shoe, a handcuff key in the other. The razor blade will get you out of tape, zip ties, rope. The handcuff key will get you out of any, you know, any handcuffs. Most people don't know that a handcuff, one handcuff key works on all handcuffs. And so if you have these things strategically placed so that if a good day goes bad, you can at least get into the more of that self-rescue, mm-hmm. self-reliant mode, which is really the overall goal of the books is make people more self-reliant again. You know, we've gotten, we've become slaves of technology. We always feel like we just got to Google it and we'll get the answer. But when things go bad, you don't necessarily have time to Google it. You don't have time to, you know, do much. You just have to have the knowledge. And so, anyway, being crisis-proof is all about what you wear, what you're telling third parties by what you wear, and then loading out what you wear with some things that could help you if you get yourself in a bad situation. Interesting. And you've got so many statistics uh, in the book as well in terms of, you know, the, the type of person a predator is trying to profile and the situations that uh, you might find yourself in. So if you're just joining us right now, Clint Emerson's uh, in the house. He's written a book, 100 Deadly Skills Survival Edition, The SEAL's Operative Guide to Surviving in the Wild and Being Prepared for Any Disaster. So talking about what to wear, how to keep a low profile, which in this culture is not necessarily cool but might save your life. Don't touch that dial when we get back. We're going to find out more right here uh, with Clint when we get back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, 
I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered No More, more Love Life Drama, drama for us. us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLide.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marion Live. We're so glad you're with us today. You need to know this information more importantly, you might want to consider skilling up, getting some basic survival skills under your belt if you don't already have them. If you do, you want to maybe expand your repertoire, but Clint Emerson feels like it's a matter of uh, daily survival at this point for, for most of us. And, you know, we were saying during the break, Clint and I were talking about you know, the average person is so reliant on technology these days that we, you know, just feel like, ah, I don't need to know anybody's phone number by heart. I got, you know, your phone does everything. Let's talk about it, this one point, Clint, because this is a real problem for most of us. Yeah, I mean, technology is uh, great. It makes our lives so much easier, communication at the speed of light. If you have a thought, you can text it and get the ball rolling, whereas you know, a, a decade and a half ago, you had to wait until you got home to actually call someone on a landline and then tell them what you thought. So, I mean, obviously it's, and not to mention you've got a, your phone as your GPS. It can guide you where to go. It can hold all your phone numbers. It can store all your emails. I mean, it does everything that we need to do these days, um, no matter where we're at and no matter how mobile we are. But on the flip side of that, you know, um, it, we don't, we're so used to reaching to that technology for answers. One answer could be, you know, um, a friend's phone number. Well, if your phone dies, you don't have it. Um, it could be 
getting from point A to point B. Once again, if you drop the phone and break the screen, well, you're not going to be able to, you know, navigate from point A to point B using whatever, uh, you know, app you use for for GPS. And then, right. you know, I mean, there's so many things that we we rely on keeping that battery charged, but when it comes to having some basic skills that relate to surviving all the different types of crisis that can present itself these days, uh, you can't be solely relying on your phones for the answers. Right. And, you know, you kind of still need to incorporate some old-school stuff. Write phone numbers down that are important to you and have them somewhere so that they're not just trapped in your phone and you can't get to them when you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pay attention to where you're going these days. You know, we, we, we look at the blue line. We're, we're just following the blue line right. on the on the <laughs> GPS. And we, right. and we know that when it's red, that means there's traffic, but we couldn't tell you where we're at at any given point on that, on that route. Um, but you have to, you know, pay attention to where you're going, what you're doing, and you've got to have some knowledge in your brain um, just in case you can't pull it from your phone. Exactly. One of the things yeah. you recommend here in the book is to build a personal, what you call an EDC kit. What, remind us what EDC means. So EDC, or everyday carry, has become really popular, and it's, um, you know, on Instagram there are tons of, like, EDC channels, if you will, where it just shows what people carry each day. And it really applies to a lot of a lot of areas where you can conceal carry guns. So people like to pull out and show off the gun, the knife, you know, their wallet, you know, their car keys, whatever. But now it's become, you know, something that should be in everybody's. A lot of people do. I think women have been doing it far longer than men because you have this thing called a purse you carry. <laughs> so your everyday carry has always been. You know, this great resource for everyone, right? Seriously, my grandmother could have built a house out of her purse. You know, she had anything you needed. You're like, how big (laughs) is that purse, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And and what you carry now is guided by the environments you're in. So that's kind of the book breaks down different types of EDC. You have the stuff that you want to have on you all the time. We talked about handcuff keys and razor blades and bobby pins, and these are things that can get you out of restraints. Um, but then you have the stuff that's more specific to maybe an environment you're going to be in or if you're traveling around the world or if you're going on a, you know, some kind of an outdoor-oriented adventure trip. Um, now you're going to start customizing what you're carrying. And that's, that's really the purpose of EDC is making sure that you've got the things you need um, that relate to whatever it is you're doing. So you have stuff on your body. You can have a, a vehicle, everyday carry, so a vehicle kit. Um, so that if you get stranded, you've got at least, you know, a day's worth of, you know, life support. So that would be, you know, some water, maybe some energy bars, um, different means of signaling or calling for help in case your phone doesn't work, you know. So there's lots of ways to signal for help. I've got a lot of different things put in the book, and we could just go on and on. But yeah. ultimately, everyday carry is built based on what you're doing each day, your daily habits, or where you're going. Right. So we're going to go through the chapters, some of the chapters, the main chapters of the book, and talk about in general what your EDC might look like. Um, We'll pick out some of the main points. And for the rest of you online um, who are interested in getting more information or getting a copy of Clint's book, 
Uh, it's available wherever fine books are sold. If you want to learn more about Clint, go to clintemerson.com at C-L-I-N-T-E-M-E-R-S-O-N.com or escapethewolf.com. Uh, and we'll be repeating that throughout the hour uh, for the rest of the program. Um, okay, Clint, so uh, the first sort of main chapter after you help us learn to navigate, by the way, which I love that little chapter. Most of us don't have a compass, and there is one on your phone if you don't have that app and your phone's dead, though. There are ways you can naturally figure out, you know, sun rises in the east, sets in the west, that kind of thing. But you, but you do teach us um, how to create a magnetic magnetic navigate, navigation device. Um, you can look up in the stars, that kind of thing. So that's in there for those of you who are interested in, you know, where the heck am I? Uh, I need to know. I need to get out of this forest, or you know, you've been abducted and you're in another, you know, who knows where you are, right? You want to get out. So that that seems important to know. But let's move to the survival in the wild, part three of your book. It's a pretty big chapter because it's obviously many scenarios that you could find yourself in um, that you need to navigate. What are some of the most important, you think, uh, if you find yourself in a dangerous situation or potentially hazardous situation in the wild? Oh, boy. Yeah. So, you know, dealing with the cold is can be, uh, obviously, we know that's lethal, right? I mean, yep. um, it's uh, so I hit that pretty decent with the uh, once again, the, the everyday kind of carry, the things that you would want to have with you. Um, well, if you're let, stranded. Me, let, me, let me stop you right there and say, okay, how cold is lethal? Because some people might not know this. Like if you're, you think 50-degree water, that doesn't sound very cold. It'll kill you. You know, like what, what, how cold is too cold and how much can we take? <laughs> well, it's uh, specific to each person, but when you talk about, when you talk about water, if you're thrown into the ocean, you find yourself in the ocean, and uh, put in perspective, 88 degree water is feels great, but after you, you can become hypothermic in 88 degree water within, I think it's somewhere between 60, 70, 80 minutes if you're sitting there, right? And so it's not. It's sometimes it's not about the temperature of the water. It's how long are you going to be in it. Oh, yeah. And genetics plays a big role too. Um, if you uh, if you if your body mass index, you got a lot of weight you're carrying, and I'm not talking muscle, more fat. Well, then you're probably going to be far better off in the water than someone that's in really great shape, believe it or not, in that particular situation because you've got a layer of of that actually is going to keep you yeah. warmer. Whereas muscle muscle will just you know, it just gets cold, and there's nothing that's uh, protecting it. So the more lean you are, that plays a role on how long you'll survive in certain environments. Wow. See, these are um, important things yeah, to know. And then when you talk about, like, you know, it's just we hear about it every winter where a vehicle, you know, took a wrong, it was following its GPS, and it ends up in some some road where, uh, the blizzard kicks in and now they're stranded. I mean, I've, you probably hear it two, three times, uh, you know, on the news yeah. of these people. And knowing what you can use to insulate yourself, you know, people are you're sitting on insulation. You've got floor mats that are made out of, you know, that have a baseline of plastic. And as you layer all this stuff up on top of you, it 
it insulates you. It will really, truly keep you warm, but people don't think outside the box to use all that stuff. Better yet, once again, that EDC piece, have those blankets and those things in your vehicles if you live in those environments ahead of time, right. just in case you and your kids get stuck. Right. Let's talk, um, about, let's talk about water, right? How do you get water? There's no water. You didn't bring your little, you know, uh, smart water yeah, bottle or whatever. Yeah, these are skills that have, you know, they've come and gone and people don't know it anymore. But first, if you're, let's say, worst-case scenario, you're in an arid desert, um, you have to, one, you want to get to high ground and to just take a look around. You have to stop, not panic, and just think for a second. And you're looking for everything from mosquitoes, flies, wildlife, and where they're going. Um there's nothing on this planet that lives without water. And so if you just take a moment and watch what's going on around you, the answers will appear. So that's the first thing. You look for wildlife, you look for tracks, you look where they're going. They have to drink water, so that's that's one way. Another way is, obviously, if you see big, leafy, green, you know, lush uh, areas, well, then those roots, uh, are somehow attached to water, so you can go there. Dry riverbeds, believe it or not, if you dig a foot, a, a foot or two down in a dry riverbed, you can find water. Um, every morning, there's going to be dew of some sort, you know. If you take your shirts off, hang them up at night, and then in the morning, you can wring the dew out into your mouth, into a water bottle, whatever. But there's a lot of great, easy, simple ways and, and clues that are in our environments that we just don't know anymore because we just oh, we don't need it. You know, we can stop at Seven Eleven and pick up a bottle of water. Right. You, at the end of the day, the answers are usually all around us. You just you just got to look for them or know to look for them. Yeah. All right, everybody, sit tight. When we come back, more right here on Marianne Live with Clint Emerson on her deadly skills. We're going to learn more when we return. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 in car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click 
right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody, welcome back to Marianne Live. You are in the right place today. I mean, this is a conversation. It's Nobody wants to talk about death, and very few of us want to talk about deadly skills for survival. But the truth is there are a lot of people out there who have been interviewed who, when they uh, look back on what saved their lives, these skills were among them the top of their list, some of the basic skills that Clint put together and then went be above and beyond that. All you have to do is read the book, prepare yourself a little bit, uh, and you can avoid um, leaving the planet uh, you know, prematurely. And I, I think that's a worthwhile investment. It certainly is for me. I, I'm going to REI when I hang up because I'm missing some stuff. And I don't know where I'm going to get a, uh, a uh, handcuff key. I mean, I, I'm going to ask you that, too. Can you get one online? Uh, should I get them for my friends for Christmas or what? Because I love yeah. that. Everybody's getting razor blades and handcuff keys this year, okay? <laughs> That's right. That'll get you out of most situations. <laughs> right. Unless you're a freaky drug person with some creepy sex issues, this can go either way. You can have a dual yeah. function. All right. So we want to talk about this segment, um, Defending Your Domain. Uh, a lot of us are frightened. Uh, people are getting security systems right and left all over in the United States and abroad because the, uh, one of the things that's rising is crime, you know, that kind of crime, uh, uh, being uh, robbed, being accosted, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about that, how we can prepare for, for those scenarios. And let's start with a statistic that I thought was interesting we were talking about during the break. When is When are the most common times of break-ins? Yeah, so the... A lot of people think and worry when they're at night and home alone, but actually that's when, if a bad guy's out, that's when he's kind of looking at neighborhoods is probably at night, but he's not breaking in. So there's a, there's a golden rule here. Anybody who wants your stuff breaks in during the day while the neighborhood is empty and everybody's at work. So 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. is a prime time for a bad guy to come into a neighborhood, break into a house, take everything, with the least amount of witnesses. And, of course, these guys don't want to get caught. That's why they pick those times of the day. Then anybody who wants you are going to come at night. So that's the two different kind of predator, really. And, of course, there are, you know, there's guys who have done thefts at night. Um, you know, there's always going to be those anomalies. But majority the ones who haven't of, read your book. <laughs> right. Majority of the bad guys that want stuff come during the day, and, and the bad guys that want you come at night. Okay. All right. Um, but it's all about limiting third-party awareness. They don't want anybody to see them, so that's why they come during the day. Got it. All right. What um, can we do about it? All right. So the first big one, especially during the day, whether you're a single woman, guy, uh, how, whatever your, your status is, doesn't matter. You want your, wherever you live to look like it's unpredictable. And the two things bad guys don't like that are unpredictable are kids and animals. So if you don't have kids, it's okay. Go, go to the store, buy a cheap <laughs> skateboard, put lay it out in your front yard, right? It yeah. appears that you have kids because, oh, there's a skateboard. Yeah. Um, and, of course, dogs. 
you got a dog, you're going to keep probably 99% of those guys away. If it's a yappy dog, a big dog, or if you just get a sign that says, I've got a dog, mm-hmm. that works too. But it, it's, it's a, there's more psychology to keeping these guys away than anything and just knowing that they don't want to deal with anything unpredictable. So kids and animals, if, you've, if you look like you've got them, then they're going to probably stay away. The other piece, of course, alarm systems. If you have the, let's say, ADT, you have the guy come out, he gives you his pitch, he's always going to leave behind a couple of stickers and a sign for free. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and throw those in your front yard. Never call the guy back if you don't want to pay the monthly bill. But it works, right? You just want mm-hmm. the sign in your front yard that says you have an alarm system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, for the nighttime guys, there's illumination, right? The big, big one is you light your house up like a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. then more than likely you're going to keep them away because bad guys feel naked as soon as they kind of enter that light bubble, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so the bigger that light bubble the further you're going to keep them away and uh, push them over to someone else, as horrible as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, what we all have to start doing is talking to our neighbors again, because if you look out for one another, then you're going to see what's coming well ahead of time. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of the goal, is communicating with your neighbors, texting back and forth, whether you're at work or at home. You know, talk to your neighbors again, because that, I mean, if there's one thing I learned operating overseas if we went to a Target that was in an urban environment and it was empty, it was because, you know, the neighbors saw us coming, they alerted them and told them, and the, per- the bad guy left because um, they all communicate, right? So we can do – there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing the same wherever yeah. you live. And you can get online. I know in California uh, there are so many networks online for neighborhoods now. Uh, the one that we belong to here where I live – is countywide, and each little neighborhood has their own website. You can get alerts on your phone. I can't tell you how many things many of us have avoided, crazy things, and talking to your neighbors. Hey, I've never seen that car before. Hey, who's that guy just checking in? You would be surprised at how we can minimize these these threats and problems um, all over the place. And getting involved at the legislative level as well. I've seen many communities where people got together and said, hey, we want to put a camera here. Hey, we would like extra security here. Um, so don't underestimate your ability to make a difference in your community. I love that advice. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's really, and then for you single girls, okay, just get, get next time you're wherever at the store. Yeah. Buy a pair of size 12 male shoes and put them outside your front door and put them outside your back door. Yeah. For the sexual predators, they're going to see that. They're not going to know, is there a guy inside or not? Yeah. I've been watching this woman for a week, but I didn't realize there was a guy. Yeah. And you just, it's, once again, it's like it's, you want to push them away by how you, you know, by, the, by what, what your property presents. Right, right. Talk about weapons, because, you know, there's a lot of, and it's state to state, right, the laws. Like, you know, in Texas, you step on my property, I can, you know, practically blow your brains out, and it's legal sort of thing. You know, (laughs) I think a lot of people like that about Texas. So uh, tell us about, uh, in general, when you've got a weapon in the house, uh, you know, where do you keep it? How do you use it? What do you recommend to protect yourself? Um, Well, I mean, yeah. State, state dependent, right? So California, you guys are kind of, if you're on the, on the coastlines, usually the laws are much different. But as you move inward, and, of course, we've got guns everywhere here in Texas, so mm-hmm. everyone carries guns, open carry, concealed carry. 
but at home, okay, a couple things. There's a decision tree in place. You know, do I have kids? Do I not have kids? And when it comes to kids, it's usually not your own kids you're worried about. It's the kids that come over to visit that might grab the gun and Mm -hmm. pull the trigger and all that kind of thing. So it's usually not your own kids because if you're parenting them around guns, then they know, obviously, you're not touching the gun unless we're at the shooting range and it's pointed in a safe direction and you're not going to put the finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot paper or people. Um, And so that's kind of the... You're raising them that way, so you gotta. There's the kid kid consideration when it comes to concealing your weapons or whatever, or putting them in the right place. Okay. Mm-hmm. With that aside, now you know you gotta have your gun accessible. I see all these gun safes that go in nightstands and this and that, but it really does you no good um, if they're concealed so well that it takes you five minutes to get it. Yep. Um, and in that five five minutes is a long time when you talk about a bad guy being in your house, right? So we're talking seconds. You need to be able to get to your weapon within seconds. And so it's the configuration of your home really is going to determine that type of thing. Um, so, you know, for me personally, I have, you know, I have multiple handguns, one that I'm carrying whenever I'm just every day. And then you have weapons, uh, you know, that are, you know, one that's in my bedroom, one that's in the common area, and they're concealed, but I can get to them in seconds, not right. minutes. And I All think right. that's the most important aspect. Well, during the break, you have three minutes to do a mock trial. Uh, find your weapon, <laughs> take it out, and wheel it around. We're going to be right back right after these messages. And I'm not kidding. Give it a try. Make sure you're alone and there are no small children. We're going to be back right after these messages with Clint Emerson when we return. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships www.marianlife.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com 
What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life.net, the positive radio network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Well, look at not everybody had a Navy SEAL for a dad or a brother or a child, or, you know, we don't all have the benefit of having someone like Clint Emerson teaching us how to protect ourselves against, you know, what's going on, surviving in the wild or any other disasters. But what you can do is get a copy of his book, read it, get at least the most basic preparation so you can prevent unnecessary damage happening in your life. So, uh, Clint, we've covered some basic areas. Now we want to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening out there in the world that are sort of the human public disasters and then the natural disasters, uh, those two things before we come to the top of the hour real quick. Sure. So, you know, natural disasters, obviously we know that's Mother Nature, and uh, then we've got, you know, man-made events, which these days is represented by active shooters or inspired terrorism of some sort, um, both of which are kind of, you know, depending on the season, you know, you get a lot more of one than the other. You know, bad guys... You know, it's kind of funny. They don't want to go out in bad weather when it's really cold. If you notice, a lot of these guys are attacking on beautiful nights uh, yeah. when it's nice out or whatever. But um, And then, of course, when they're not out, then you're usually dealing with the Mother Nature and whatever she throws your way. So that's really the kind of the distinguishing differences in how I've laid it out in, in the sur- survival edition. Um, but active shooter, of course, tends to be the big... Uh, the big worry for a lot of people, especially when they're out in public, um, and as we've seen, uh, these inspired terrorists or, you know, homegrown terrorism or whatever, they are kind of going more to the realm of low-tech tech techniques and tactics mm-hmm. with high dividends, i.e. stealing a truck and running over a bunch of people. Um, these are situations where you really have to just be paying attention in that kind of environment. Um, when you're talking about shootings, that's really that's a lot about thinking ahead of time, being more preemptive than thought, and what ifing things in your mind, you know. And it's not paranoia at all. It takes five seconds to sit down somewhere and go, all right, you know, I know that uh, if something goes bad right now, I can run in that direction, I can run in that direction, I can run in that direction. Um, you know, so you're identifying your routes to escape, uh, so that you're not in the middle of a gunfight. Uh, and then another couple of seconds, okay, what can I hide behind that stops bullets, right? So there's big structural, you know, pillars inside malls. There's big planters, you know, the big concrete planters that have a tree growing out of it. You can get behind that. There's cinder block walls everywhere, concrete walls. Um, you know, you just have to think in terms of what stops a bullet. You know, sheetrock does not stop a bullet. Like the, the homes, the, the walls in most homes, you know, a bullet can travel through all four walls if, you know, if you had four walls in its way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so you have to identify these types of things. And the mantra that's real easy to remember 
no matter what the environment you're in, is run, hide, fight. And it's not always in that particular order. And so if you find yourself in a confined space, like a train in Europe um, or a bathroom in a nightclub in Orlando, then you're just kind of limited to just fighting at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a bigger open environment where you have the ability to run and may not be able to hide, then you want to run kind of in a zigzag formation so that it makes it more difficult for that guy to get his sights on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, if there's places to hide, maybe you're maybe you're a mom with your kids. You know, running isn't an option, or you're pushing one of them in a stroller, or you've got your grandma in a wheelchair. So how ambulatory you are also is part of your decision-making, you know. It's real easy to say, yeah, just, I'm just going to do this or I'm just going to do that. But if you've got other people around you that you care about, then things change dramatically. And so you have to consider that as well. But run, hide, fight is very easy. You can process that very quickly no matter where. Where am I going to run right now? What can I hide behind that stops bullets? And if I have to fight, <clears throat> what can I use as a weapon? You know, I can pick this chair up. I can throw it at somebody. I can grab salt. Salt and pepper burns the eyes. And also, if you throw a salt pepper shaker at someone, it's probably going to hurt. And the idea is, is how do I inflict enough pain so that I can get away? You know, you're not going to stay and get into, you know, a kung fu theater fighting match with someone for five minutes straight. The goal is create pain and get off the X, the X being, you know, the place where the bad guy chooses to shoot people. <clears throat> All right, we are coming to the top of the hour. This is this is a whole lot to take in, people. I know everybody yeah. needs a cocktail right now. They're just like, oh my god, this is just whoa. Yeah, okay, just take a deep breath. Get a copy of Clint's book. Study. Do it with your partner. Do it with you know other adults. Get together and learn these skills. I mean, I'll tell you, an investment, I would go to a monthly group where we could learn these skills together versus hanging out at a bar wasting your money on a bad haircut. I mean, seriously, people, we want, we need to rethink our survival strategies here. Clint, thanks for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate your time and, and the de- dedication that you've had uh, this lifetime to not only protecting us but helping us learn how to protect ourselves. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for having me, Marianne. It's been fun. Of course. We're at the top of the hour. What do you want to leave us with today? Yeah, if you want more more information about 100 Daily Skills, uh, go to 100DailySkills.com. And uh, all the links there, if you want to buy handcuff keys, there's a link there to go buy handcuff keys or anything else that you might want to use as stocking stuffers as we approach the holiday. Awesome. Yeah, 100 has all the links to the books and everything else. Oh, perfect. You did it for yeah. us. Thanks again, Tim. We really appreciate it. And hey, you write the book, 100 Deadly Skills Survival for a Relationship, and we will have you back on the show. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Right. Okay, everybody, take care. Right. Uh, sit tight for our wrap, and uh, we'll talk to you again, Clint. All right? All right. Thank you. Uh, Everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, 
We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself the gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Welcome back, everybody. What a show. We need that information. We need these skills. We need to at least be having the conversation. So proud of you for hanging in there this hour, this week. Um, some of these skills might just save your life or someone else. Uh, so take them seriously. And in the meantime, check out his website. It's a really great site, clintemerson.com or escapethewolf.com. All right, next week we've got Arlene Drake. She's going to be joining us. Carefrontation, breaking free from childhood trauma. That's what we're going to be talking about here on Marianne Live. In the meantime, third part of your practice, go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Feels so good. And then uh, go buy yourself some razor blades and some handcuffed keys. Get them at Clint's website, and we'll see you next time, everybody. I wish you every blessing until then.